time you come on over I just wanna listen I know you got some issues And I know that you just miss him I got a fever just to see you Feeling like a stalker And didn't know I'm really good At making you feel awkward What was the best place you've ever traveled to by yourself? By myself. Um, London. London? (laughs) (laughs) Easy, next. (laughs) I guess you're not going to go into deeper because we just actually had a whole podcast dedicated to that. To listen, go to episode 21 and you can hear all about London. I think, I think for right. me was probably Taiwan. That's mm-hmm. my favorite country that I visited. But I maybe had more fun when I went to Japan because I was just there longer. Okay. Um, so it, it's, it's between those two. Um, well, actually, not, the thing is I, tr- I always travel by myself, so it's always a hard choice. See, I never, so it was pretty, pretty Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time I traveled by myself was to New York. Um, that was really great. It was the farthest I had ever been from home at that point. Second time I traveled alone was to Rome, which was better because it was even farther. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like in a different country. That was like my first time leaving the country. So it was like the stakes were higher. And yeah, I met some cool people and I met, I saw a lot of like hot Italian girls and ate a lot of, ate a lot of fucking pizza um. Yeah. So probably, I, I guess every place is uniquely good. I I, I guess I could say maybe the worst place uh-huh. I ever traveled to by myself was perhaps what was the worst place? I know I it, have a worst place. What was it? Uh, Bangkok. Worst. Bangkok. Only worst. because fuck Bangkok. Only, no, no, Sorry. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, fuck Bangkok. Because I would have loved it in any other circumstance. <laughs> it was just yeah. It was st- the circumstance of. The conditions I went, A, I chose to go in March, fucking hottest of hottest time in the year. B, so my mom's friends live there, and they offered to show me around and, like, put me up in a hostel, and I was like, alright, you know, you didn't have to, but okay. So they fucking put me in, like, the fur- the furthest point from everything. I had to I had to get to my hostel by boat, kind of. It's like the quick, most efficient way. By a raft. Boat. Yeah, no. raft. You must pay the raft keeper one point. No, and he'll, he'll, like, he'll, he'll paddle you across the river. It's just some. It's not like a speedboat, but it's not like. A, I don't know what kind of boat it was, but um, and then it was like not a good area. It was kind of dangerous, you know, so I couldn't go out. And then my hotel, like again, I said hottest time of the year, and I'm saying like hot, like over 100 degrees humidity okay this is like dry california shit it's like humidity and my place had no air conditioning (laughs) fucking torture (laughs) um so for me like weather really affects me so that was already like half the trip was like i would leave the place at like noon because i would not be able to sleep because it was so hot and then have to see everything and like all think just think about shade and water the whole time and then my so my mom's friends they they like decide to like adopt me for the trip time i was there so like i would tell them oh i want to do this and this and this and they're like all right but we're gonna do this and this and this and uh not do what i wanted to do and stuff and so 
at, in the beginning, I was, like, oh, just grateful that they were taking me around. But then suddenly, they became, like, yeah, my parents, where they were, like, like, where are you? Like, literally texting me every, like, five minutes. Because they were mom's friends, I didn't want to be rude and, like, you know? So I was, like, oh, fuck, you know? So anyways, yeah, that was kind of why I sucked. Because it was just, like, not what I wanted. And the weather was it was like fucked up yeah, i remember i had there. one friend who went to like bangkok and all she did was just it was so fucking hot like she just stayed in her <sighs> hotel the whole trip but she liked it i guess it was just relaxed it was just a chill like a weekend trip yeah i think when you have to so i think also that was my first time ever traveling by myself and really just traveling so i had very little experience in this type of stuff so now i'm, I'm more aware like it's so actually in next week i'm trying to go to phuket and also to see my mom's friend. But this time... Oh, f- again? Only- again? No, different friend. Uh, different friend. I don't know, and then, man. You no, but your this time... Friends. No, but this time, I'm just like... I'm not, I have z- nothing planned. All I want to do is just eat and nothing. Like, I just want to chill and eat and just, like... She wants to show me around. Like, show me around. Are, Otherwise, you, are you staying with her? Or is it just, like, one hangout? No, I'm, I think I'm staying with her. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, but, the, I think the worst place I ever been to was um, probably Seoul. Yeah, yeah, you did not like Seoul. You were yeah. like, it's like the Shenzhen of Asia. Oh, no, like, I said I like Shenzhen more. That's what ew. I said. What? Dude, Shenzhen, which is a city in China, by the way, people, um, it's a, it's not bad. I don't know why people hate Shenzhen. It's cool. Oh, that's reality, man. Hardcore reality people. of what like you know <laughs> it's just because like, china is so far, china is way more hardcore so like it's real it just felt like a sleepy suburb suburban town like i was like okay shenzhen yeah now you see stuff no matter what anywhere in china you see like you see like raw humanity there mm, like malls <laughs> <laughs> and smells and like good food. I don't know. Soul, okay. Soul did not live up to its name. I'm like, where's the soul, man? Where? Where's the soul in soul? Yeah, like fuck <laughs> that that e that e really fucks shit up in the world. <laughs> um, uh, what yeah, Bangkok was shit. Um, what what else? Actually, I feel like. It really is, like, the people you go with and stuff. But, because I also... Well, I didn't go with... Um, this trip I went with a friend. But it, when I went to Bali, it was just intense. <laughs> Four-day trip to Bali. Because I just I went with a friend who was like, we must get the most out of our, like, money type of thing. And he was he planned everything. And it's one of those things where you're like, I'm glad I did it. But I can't believe I did that. Just because it was just like wake up every day at eight do stuff and then get back at like eight and then go to bed at like nine yeah that's how i tra- <laughs> that's how i do it i'm like exhausted every day it's like a f- i and I, I hate traveling like that i'm like not that type of person so um i was so tired and i like that so for me i like um actually I think the reason why I was totally cool with London was because I, I didn't... I prefer cold. So, mm-hmm. and also, like, I was... But I was dressed appropriately. So I was, like, cold. But... No, I wasn't cold. I was, like, warm, basically. So I wasn't, like, hot. And then, it, for me, it made it more tolerable. Because, again, Bali, it was, it was a bit... 
it was like warm and rainy and I just don't like that. So I, I feel like weather really affects my decision. So I'm also, apparently Phuket's also raining right now. So I'm probably not going to have a great time. But you know what? No, I'm going to have a fucking, I don't care. I'm just going to, actually my main goal this time, I think that's why I don't, I don't mind seeing my mom's furnace because I want to eat the food because I felt like when I went to Thailand last time, it was around this time where like every time I went to a new place, I couldn't really eat that much. Like I just didn't have an appetite so I felt like I really missed out on the food because I wasn't as adventurous and I didn't eat that much. So I think this the reason I want to go this time is to redeem myself and like eat a lot and stuff like that. And of course, if you go with a local person, they'll tell, take you to like some good places. I think. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Isn't it pronounced? Um, fuck it. No, that's what white how white people pronounce it. I think that's, I think that's, I don't know, it sounds funny. It's, I, I would pronounce it fuck it, just to say fuck it. Fuck it, we're going to fuck it. <laughs> or, fuck it, we're going to fuck it. It's, it's Phuket. Phuket? Yeah. Well, fuck it is funnier. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I guess I'm the only one who finds... No, you and a bunch of white people like you know, to say fuck you know, it. So. You know, people who... I, I'm the only one who like t- likes taking words in other, uh, from other countries. And butchering <laughs> and, them. And, turn, and, and, and I am mildly entertained that they that speaking them in English turns them into curse words. <laughs> Alright, so we have one more question. Okay. Let's see. What... It's a good one. Um... Okay, so we have two possible questions. Well, we can answer both, but which one do you want to answer first? There's a professional question and a social question. Let's answer social. Social Let's question. Let's not even answer the professional question. <laughs> okay. This is, this is actually specifically for women. So okay. this well, is an R Ask Women. I am a woman. Asked by Simple Rye. Ladies, do you let men pay for the first date? And if so, do you feel it creates an unspoken oblig- obligation? No. No, no to what? It's a two-part question. Both. So, <laughs> wow, you are off today. <laughs> what? That's, not, that's it for the podcast, folks. <laughs> um, a, I don't like. I'm not like. Don't pay for me, because who doesn't love a free meal? But I'm always. I don't go in assuming where he the the guy will pay. I go in assuming we both will pay. But if he wants to pay. I don't fight it at all <laughs> unless it's the, so like let's say let's say um wait he's talking about a date right is that the question yes okay so let's say the date is like dinner and if it goes well like dessert or something so usually dinner the guy will insist on paying so i'm like all right i won't fight it but i always say let me get dessert or something so then the next round like i pay for that and then I do not like by obligation. I don't know what he, I'm assuming. Like, like if I, he pays or something, I am obligated to what like make out with him or something or whatever. No, I don't. I no. Have you have you ever like gone out with someone where they did pay for you and they were kind of like looking at you like, all right, now that you know, I paid for this, you know, I paid for this meal, like. I've made a out. deposit, so now we must have sex. No, yeah. I've never done that before. No, no, no. I'm not, not, not have you ever done it, but have you ever went out with someone who ex- like you could see they expected that? No, no, no? never. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I feel like it's okay. It's gonna sound stereotypical because I knew people who have been in situations, and they've always gone out with like businessmen, and those guys. But they're like paying for like he'll pay for like a two hundred dollar meal and stuff. Which at the same time, I st- doesn't matter to me. Like they don't just because you pay for a meal doesn't mean you've yeah made a deposit in my like vagina already or some shit. You know like. Um, they're, that doesn't mean you know, they're, they're to me. businessmen. I think that their whole everything 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 in life everything they do in they're life like, is a transaction. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, know, maybe it's not even like they're maybe it's not even because they're maybe I'm, they're not even bad people. It's just like that's just how they think. Like hey, I that did makes this, sense. Therefore, I did this. This is how. Yeah, that, this, that this makes is, sense actually. Yeah. This, I, is, I, <laughs> this is a um, uh, what is it called? Like we don't, this this is, is, it really is a business transaction. I got, yeah. I paid for this human being, so I will get this human being in my, you know, exchange, my monetary exchange. Um, you don't like this. If you don't like this, you're a fucking communist. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess they would think that like that, but I don't think it's right. So, yeah, and I guess, and I've been out with more like normal people, so no. <laughs> <laughs> And you know the, the the whole the whole expensive dinner date like I've never I've never really got that like for me yeah. whenever whenever I go out dinner could be involved but I never I've I've done it a couple times where the date is the dinner but it's never fun I always prefer dates where like there's a fun activity well first of all the the date has to be something fun that's always the main goal for me like it's got to be something fun to do and food could be before or after but. I never really, I've never been a fan. I've never subscribed to the idea of like, all right, we're going out to dinner and that's going to be the date. Like, I don't mind dinner dates so much because I love food, but um, it's but my every time I go into it, it's always like if it's kind of like something I would do with a friend anyway. Like, oh, let's try a new restaurant. Like, I know it's a place I've been wanting to go to, a food I want. Like, actually, um. When I used to go on dates with people, I always took them to Daikokuya because it's, like, something I really want to eat, and I felt like someone would like it, too. And, again, it's something I feel like... That's why I... Like, it's always, like, I can pay for this myself if I wanted to, you know? Like, affordable type of thing. So, even if it were a fancier place... And I don't eat very fancy, but if it was fancy, it would, yeah, be a restaurant I've been wanting to try, and, again, I would be willing to pay for myself, like when it comes down to it and stuff like that so uh but uh, yeah actually my dinner dates because actually all my dates have been like food and dessert and i and we just talk and like i've had pretty like decent dates out of them stuff and yeah i think for me like if i want to do that kind of date it would just be a coffee date I think simply because caffeine gets me more awake, and if I eat, I get sleepy, and that's when like the uh, conversation dies. See. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think for me, it's just I like I really enjoy eating, and like, um, and if I like this person, it's almost like I want to share this food with you because it's so yummy, and I want to expand your taste buds <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my dating style is more like uh, food is kind of whatever. I like doing like I want to. I, I, this is what I like to do or this is fun or something uh-huh. like that and then like we could talk about it after, after. we eat something yeah yeah, yeah. I'm always like so we could talk about how delicious the food is and stuff <laughs> and I guess I could judge this person based on if they liked the food I like because <laughs> it is and it's like alright he spits out the ramen like <laughs> I'm like alright this is the last time we're going out together 
<laughs> oh, that's a good question. Have you ever been out with someone who has like totally different eating tastes than you do? Like, are they, or they're like extremely picky? So like every time you eat something, like they're like, "What the fuck is this?" No. Um. So far, I have not, but I would definitely, I will definitely say a picky eater is a huge turnoff. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I think I'm a really good general eater, where I, I will eat. Mostly everything, except I get really picky with seafood. Like, I don't eat seafood. So I think for people... So I'm sure for some people, like, I'm, like, the most plebeian type of person because I don't like oysters and shit like that, you know? And, um, whatever. But they could... I you, guess they could look down on me. Do you not like oysters from previous experience or you never tried it and you just... And you, and you, you concluded that, all right, it's not for me. Uh, from... I had bad experience as a child with oysters with cooked oysters and um which i just thought was disgusting and then with raw oysters i remember we went to this fancy restaurant and my friends were like oh oysters and i was like i've never had raw oysters They're like oh you should try it but then she said actually just drink the the water because the oyster comes and obviously there's like water and she's like actually just have a sip of the water first because if you can't take that taste you shouldn't waste this oyster because <laughs> I think she was like, I want this oyster. <laughs> so yeah, I took a sip of the water and I was like, this is disgusting. It's like bitter seawater. I'm never going to try an oyster. So yeah. Yeah. And, so, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. And whenever I tell people I don't eat oysters, it's like understandable because they're like, yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste, um, which probably means I should try it more again, but I don't think I'd like it because I don't like the texture. I don't like sliming things. So I highly doubt I would. Um, no, see, I think I think that's the difference, though. Like for, a, for I think if you've tried it and you, you just realize, okay, it's not for me, that's not being picky. That's like, all right, I genuinely don't like this. I, I feel like a, the definition of a picky eater is someone who looks at something they've never had before. Like, I don't know what this is. I've never seen it. So fuck this food. I'm not eating it. I think, yeah, I, that's like a, isn't that like just really gross behavior? Yeah, and I think I could, it's so gross. And I can see how that would be a turnoff because it's kind of being like kind of like a you know. Kind of it's like, like why a, you're so close-minded. Like you don't want to try this thing because you're not adventurous at all. Yeah, like you won't even give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's why that's what I think. That's why I always get weirded out by pe- by picky eaters who like live abroad. Because it's like, why did you choose to leave the comforts of your home then if you don't want to eat anything like foreign to you? You know, that's why I, I don't understand. Or people who like tr- like they travel a lot, but they're like picky. It's like how do you even travel i guess you just eat at mcdonald's every day or something well i think i i I will even take it a step further and i would judge people who don't travel and they simply say they don't travel because they don't think they can handle the food abroad and that's the reason why they're never leaving their home oh ew i didn't even i forgot people there are people like that oh yeah like i don't know i read stories like that on reddit like where like people are like why have you never left and i don't think i could handle the food like if i ever traveled to like another like i don't know another country or like europe or whatever or Asia, and they're like, yeah, I can't have the food. It's like, I will, so you know, I will even give, even though, even though picky eaters are generally unadventurous, at least the ones who do go abroad, they're they're like kind of halfway doing it where they, I don't know, they're I'm, at least they got out yeah, of their house. Yeah, yeah, they suck, but they don't suck as much as the people who wouldn't leave just because they don't want to like, eat, they don't they, they want to eat the same thing. I would say they're people who don't who are like that. I think they're worst humans. Wait, the ones who do leave and don't eat. They're worse than the people. No, who... the, no, 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 no. The people who don't leave because they don't want to eat some food. Yeah, they're totally worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
which it's is like, funny, which is funny. Fuck you. Huh? Yeah, and we're we're like the opposite. Like we want to go to eat the food. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the most adventurous, but like, if something's super, super, super spicy, I know I can't eat it. I, I wouldn't eat it. But, yeah. um, but you know, like when I, because I, like I said, I don't like seafood and stuff. But then, actually, one of the first times, like when I moved here. One of the first dinners I had was like a seafood dinner, and I told myself just to try everything, just because you're like, you know what? Okay, you're abroad now. Like, just try it and stuff. And I found out I, there were some dishes that I normally would have like passed on that I really like. Like, I, I discovered I really like razor clams because of the way they prepare it in Hong Kong. It's mm. like razor clams, and then they fry a bunch of garlic and put it on top. So you're mostly just eating the garlic, but it's so good. Um,. That's kind of it. Oh, oh, yeah. here's here's an interesting tidbit. So, uh-huh. speaking of picky eaters, I was a picky eater myself as a child, and that ended. I think the I think the road <clears throat> to me being a normal adventurous eater was when I was 17 years old and had my first taco, and I realized how good it was. <laughs> now, but be, oh. that's so crazy though, because like a taco, okay, because. <laughs> A taco, it's like you know the ingredients that go into it. And the ingredients sound delicious on their own. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like dude, meat. I just lettuce, was... cheese. How could you go wrong with that? Onions. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just wouldn't eat it. But I did and I liked it. And thus began my life as I'm really glad that taco changed your life, Vince. Yeah. And yeah, you know it thus began my life is like eating <laughs> Everything in front of me. So you know, since then I've tried food from different countries, uh, which has been great. I tried, you know, I've tried. I've, I've eaten stuff. I've eaten chicken hearts and like beef tongue from chicken, taco. Yeah, I've progressed to organs, snake soup, <laughs> chicken feet, and lots of good stuff. But you know, every once in a while, I'll come back and eat something basic that I just never had a chance to eat before. And last night, for the first time in my life, I had Hamburger Helper for the first time ever. Holy shit, I have not... No, I had, I've had. i had Hamburger Helper. I cooked it incorrectly, and it was gross. Because I didn't know you're supposed to... So when I was a kid, I thought Hamburger Helper, you know how they had that little hand? I yeah. thought it was supposed to have everything in there. But I didn't know you, you had to, like, buy your own pasta or something. So, I, so it was so salty. <laughs> And I was like, ew, this is so gross. But then I was like, oh, you're supposed to buy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to be afraid of that hand guy. Like, oh, fuck. It's that hand, dude. It's that it's, hand. It's, that means it's nasty. It's going to be some nasty looking shit. And, um, oh, yeah. So I had Hamburger Helper yesterday for the first time ever in my life. And it was delish. I'll and, give that a chance again. And I would give that hand a high five. Which, <laughs> Which I guess if he has a face, a high five would be like slapping him in the face. <laughs> but he'd like it. Yeah. So um, I was going to say, you're, the beginning of your like adventure food story thing would be like, it all started with a taco. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a, that's really funny. It actually sounds like a great way to begin like a story or like a film with a narrator. Like it all yeah. began with a taco. <laughs> And like the ch- taco that changed your life. I think it was yeah. I remember and it's it was, from Taco Bell, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was from like a real taco place. It was like okay, so, good at least. It was like um, it was a senior year in high school. Wait a sec, I just realized though. What? So because 
for me, tacos are that foreign because you have Taco Bell. And anything that's a fast food chain can't be that foreign, right? So you were like, Taco Bell was this like foreign industry to you? I would just never eat Taco Bell. I would just, or if I would, I would eat like a, I would eat like a cheese, a cheese quesadilla because it's pretty much like a pizza with like a tortilla instead of bread. Instead of dough. Yeah, or it's like a, or it's like a cheese sandwich. Okay. All right. Oh, so yeah. you you just freaked out by the meat. I yeah yeah you know I just you were like how can all this ground beef like be together at the same time? I think the way my mind worked is because like you know like solid meat. It's solid, right? But ground beef, it looks like shit, kind of. And it looks gross. So I was like, you know what? I can't eat anything that doesn't so look funny. solid. I can't eat anything that's not solid, so fuck this. You know, I Oh, just, you can't I, eat anything that's not... Oh, I see what you mean. I see. Because you're like, like, oh, let's take it on a different form. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I still haven't eaten... I've never eaten oatmeal yet. And I think because it looks wow. like vomit. So. Okay. I like I actually like food that looks disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, now I'm willing to give it a try. If someone puts it in front of me, I'll eat it. Because, like, what, snake soup? That looks fucking disgusting. And it was okay. It was yeah. kind of it was kind of slimy. Yeah, I just don't like the texture of that soup. But I'll drink it anyway. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. I think the my fo- most foreign dish I had as a kid, I was three years old. And I was really into sea cucumbers. Um not knowing what they were and because my grandpa really liked it so they would order it all the time and then one day they're like did i went to the aquarium and they're like let me show you a sea cucumber and i was like oh my fucking god (laughs) that's what i've been eating (laughs) i'm assuming it's not a real cucumber a sea cucumber is an um it's a slug that lives in the ocean (laughs) and what it does to repel like when it feels threatened what it does it it turns inside out and discharges its organs it basically throws all its organs like and then the fish go after that so it can make its getaway so that's what i that's that's what i was eating (laughs) and why is it called a cucumber why is it even associated with a cucumber at all because it looks like a pickle (laughs) (laughs) actually it doesn't yeah it's like when you know when it's dead and actually, when it's dead and dried, like, so what they do is, like, when they catch it or whatever, like, they dry it out. So it's these little, like, basically looks like little pieces of shit. But apparently, when it's dried and not cooked, it's, like, poisonous. And so you have to, like, cook it. So I was like, oh, my God, people are so weird. Like, you know, like, they're just like, how did you figure out? Because let's say you, you get something, right? And then you're like, you eat it. And you're like, oh, my God, it's poisonous. But if you cook it. Well, no, it makes sense. You kill the poison. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so um, I would probably still eat it now. I, I don't care that much. But, like, it now the taste of it, it's like, whatever. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I think I just freaked out because I was just like, oh, my God. I, a, I've never seen a sea cucumber. It's actually quite pretty because the one that they showed us in the aquarium, it was, like, orange and purple or something. And I was like, wow. But that's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sh- uh, now like okay. All this talk is uh, getting me pretty hungry for lunch now. I've been really hungry because your Skype picture is just you with um, what is it? It's the picture in Taiwan, and you're eating like this giant onion pancake. And I, I've, I mean, that's what I look at every time I Skype with you, and I get really hungry. Oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that's when um. I was gonna ask you, hey, you should, can you change your profile? Because <laughs> I get hungry like every time. <laughs> Another reason why going to Taiwan was the best place ever. I, 
Oh yeah, so speaking yeah, so I I technically did travel there alone even though we hung out there. So uh-huh. that counts as part of the question from earlier, but oh my god. I don't the food I, is so good. Yeah. Oh god. I gotta go to Taiwan again. Fuck yeah. Okay. But it's like, can you believe that one taco? Like if it wasn't for that taco, you wouldn't have like like enjoyed Taiwanese food. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I ate so much good food when I went over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Alright, we, all right, we gotta... We, we, I think we're over an hour. I gotta eat my lunch now. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I actually did. Um, so, early on in the week, so one of my friends, uh, his, na- his name that he goes by is Charles DeBike. And um, he has... He's, he's a poet and stuff, and he's been... Like, I think I stumbled upon one of his... He I guess he, he writes his own stuff, but he also, like, does readings of, like, other poets... Poetry, I guess? Um, and so I think one day, when I was, like, on SoundCloud, I stumbled upon his recordings, and I was like, ooh, what's this? And I think I asked him about it. And so recently, a couple months ago, he sent us... He's like, okay, yeah, this is my side project. It's been kind of, like, I've been keeping it a secret... But he sent us some recordings, and being me, I didn't listen to it for, like, two months. And finally, one day, I was, like, off of bed. And so I, like, listened to it. And then it was so good. So I actually wanted to do a little, like, I think for my outro, I want to use one of his readings. Just because I've not been in, like, the, it's, like, slam poetry. Is it? I don't know how to define it. But um, I, I've, I'm not in that, like circuit you know so i have no knowledge about it but it's really i think it's really great especially um like the stuff he's doing and i i want to feature it as my outro this week and uh, i know my brother used to be part of the poetry scene kind of a couple years ago um we used to go to like this cafe in downtown where they would have like poetry like uh what is it called um open mic poetry yeah i think that that's what he does um i think he said he went to a he did a couple, and I mean, I told him when I come back, I definitely, I just want to see one. I've never been to a poetry reading or anything like that, uh, so it would be cool. I haven't, I don't, I don't remember the last time I wrote poetry. I think when I write poems, they're so short. They're like four lines, like five words each line or something, because I don't know, I'm not really poetic, but I, I would like to try a lot, try because um, it's, for me, it's a challenge and stuff. It'd be pretty cool. I used um, to write yeah. poetry in high school. Really, really shitty, angsty <laughs> I poetry. Still, yeah, I still like... I was, I, yeah, me too. I mean, I think every, like, writer person, we've had our teenage angst shit poem, which I, I had a couple. They were, like, pretty dumb, but, like, all, like, sad and, like, angry and stuff. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If I could ever find mine, I would totally read them on the podcast. I think I probably like. I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to. I was like, I was like, I could probably find mine, but I don't want to find them. <laughs> they were no, super dumb. No, I think I like in in a in a like in a state of shame and embarrassment. I probably destroyed them all. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, because okay, because when you find your writing as a kid, it was like, oh, it's so cute, it's so funny. You find your writing as like a teen, you're like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for myself, <laughs> but not in a in a bad way. <laughs> not like yeah. You know. I think up until at least I was twenty three, twenty two, I would keep a notebook 
where I would put poetry. I would also put like journal entries of my day and everything. And like I remember even like even when I was like even like going to college, like I would like uh, like I would like a girl would stop and make small chat with me and I would make this like really detailed journal entry about how it made me feel and how I got and how I gotta like you know push myself to make it work and then and then like I will and then like maybe a couple I'll forget about that journal a couple months later decide I want to start again so I'll buy a new one go through my old one look at it in shame and like totally destroy it yeah I actually have um I used to do that too because I remember especially like so pre-college and I was like I'm gonna go to this art school you know so I took being an artist very seriously but almost like what an artist should do so I also kept a notebook and would be I mean it was I called it my sketchbook and I was like yeah I'm gonna be those type you know that that illustrator artist person and I'm gonna draw everything and then write stuff and it's gonna be a collaged sketchbook because I, I mean, people do that and it looks really great. And I always have, yeah, I've had several and they're so ugly and like, like almost forced because I felt like I had to do it, you know? And, um, yeah, and I, I have so many abandoned sketchbooks because I'll start halfway, not like the sketchbook cover and just like not writing <laughs> anymore, you know? Um, so now I, I have, I still keep notebooks, but they're like, basically multi-purpose notebooks so i'll use it for everything like um planning or uh making obviously taking notes and or if i have it on me and i'm feeling really sad or feeling something i'll write in it or whatever so it's like and then i keep that forever because i I basically i'm just like i don't want to be wasteful anymore (laughs) so i don't want to like have all these like half-used notebooks but but then now I have all these notebooks and I don't know like do you throw them away after or uh, what do you do with them? Um, I usually throw them away because I just don't want to see them. I don't want them in front of me. I think I have like one or two, or you know what? I usually keep maybe like the two most recent notebooks and then like they get they get then it, as like they get replaced they eventually just go. Okay, yeah. Okay, that I don't feel so bad because I have. A small collection but I think I've only, I only have a small collection of like two and I'm just like what am I going to do with these because I think and then my mom being a hoarder and whatever she's always like save your sketches because you have all your ideas in them so now I have like all these notebooks that I never go through and I think yeah I'm just going to eventually recycle them and stuff but not yeah, yeah I'm going to recycle them <laughs> <laughs> it's funny yeah. because I think I've done like I kind of started doing the same thing with like blogs too like, I get tired. Like, I have a blo- I'll have a blog for a long time, and then I'd be like, you know, what? I'm tired of this design. Or I want to go to this service, and then like, I'll just abandon that site and start all over somewhere fresh. Like, I just I, I just did the same thing with like well, I had the same WordPress site yeah. for like five years, and then what last month I was like, you know what? I've been using Tumblr a lot. I just I just want I just want to use that for a blog. It just works better. And I just yeah, I abandoned it. But, I used to use a site called Diaryland. And um, it, it came out around the time of Live Journal, but like you could like like learn HTML and like customize your site, and I think that's what I want to do because I was like 15 years old and I wanted to get into like web design and stuff like that. So I started doing it, and like every year, I was like, well, first of all, I spent so much time designing my site, and every month I would ha- come up with like, well, I'd find a new theme and like customize the shit out of it, you know. So it was kind of. But I was also writing in it, like, seven times a day. 
I used to like really need to write it out and stuff. Um, so I guess online journaling has always been a part of my life, but, and I still actually, I made a post like last night, but in my like private blog and stuff. Uh, but I definitely don't, I'm not as into it anymore and I don't really care about the look of it anymore. And, um, I rarely write in it. I only write in it when I'm like desperate to write or like get something out and stuff like that. But Yeah. I feel like as technology like improves, our, our journaling just becomes easier and easier. So like first it started off with notebooks, yeah, and then like blogging, and now it's like, all right, we could just do it in a podcast. We could literally just talk, and then without writing anything, it's like, all right, and now we would just talk about shit, and then done. Yeah, because you know, so because actually, like diaries have been in my life for so long. Like I remember, I got my first. Karopi diary when I was like six years old and I was like oh wow it came with stickers with like you could like put in the month and whatever and so I would all, I would write in it like every day you know and of course they'd be like two pages or one page and stuff but they would always end in like okay my hand's really tired so I'm gonna stop writing like every entry <laughs> and it, it, it was the same with letter writing where I would write letters and I'd get tired of writing so I'm like alright my hand's tired now bye and that's why I'm, like, really bad with snail mail, because I actually, I like the idea of snail mail, but I'm, I hate writing. Like, I hate physically writing, well, for a really long time, because it's, like, like, I find myself condensing my thoughts just so I can write the least amount as po- uh, of, like, words as possible, you know? And so I think with online journaling, it like changed my life because yeah I could write seven times a day because I could get out all my thoughts now because typing is pretty effortless and then um yeah and then I could post as much as I want you know and you could like what is it password protect it so no one can read it which is kind of like an upgrade from having a little lock in your diary with like the key hidden somewhere in your room or something like that yeah and um and yeah now podcasting is it's pretty cool i like it <laughs> <laughs> wait what's that noise i just heard it i don't know there have been some weird noises but because i have my headphones in i can't tell what they are so okay yeah all right so next episode is episode 24 20 yeah 20, 24 yeah 24 yeah. so until then sit back and enjoy this awesome slam poetry Prefers regular burial. The color story. I, Charles, refuse to choose a single color. Because choosing a single color meant choosing a side, and choosing a side meant one side didn't like the other. And if one side didn't like or couldn't choose, it would all go wrong somehow. Blue versus red. Black versus brown, yellow versus black, brown versus yellow. Those combinations wouldn't even work well in an oil palette, or any other palette for that matter. So the result? An ugly, muddy brown. Or murk. Or black. Or larf, which is sort of like barf but less chunky and actually pretty tasty. The oracle said, Maybe... That's how the world will end up. 
as a massive singular race when we all ultimately breed with every single ethnic region and pure bloodline that is mingled with the overall gene pool. I said, maybe? Question mark? And the oracle responded, definitely, sugar. So there was a great deal of animal blood in the ocean. Blue versus red in the salty seas. In upper educated and political parlance, that meant the donkeys versus the elephants. In street terms, that meant the crips versus the bloods. But who'd want to be in the middle of that crossfire? The kind of blue I would love to see would be at the end of my surfboard or hear it as a guitar riff playing on my Muddy Waters vinyl. I would not love to see Blue Fist or an officer of the law blowing a gasket. Although yellow versus brown sounds more like a potty joke rather than an occurrence of social dysfunction. Quote unquote, yell and the bro. It's a stupid euphemism for Asians versus Mexicans or the Vietnamese versus the Filipinos because Filipinos always consider themselves brown rather than yellow. They think their culture is in a state of mistaken identity. I guess that's what happens when a race has been occupied for hundreds of years. Yellow versus brown should instead be a, a metaphor for brown wooden surfboards made by ancient Polynesians dropping down the face of a 10-foot wave in the Pacific Ocean and we see the flying fish hopping and skipping like a disco ball in the sea and it reflects the bright yellow sun glistening above. That was Prefer's Regular Burial, a color story, written by a collective of Art Center College of Design students, including yours truly, Charles the Bike, back in 2009. If you want to hear more, please visit the Tumblr under-end.over-under.us. Just follow the breadcrumbs, I say. So until then, feel you next time.